Blog Talk Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Beamer Distributors Blog Talk Show. This is your show. It's designed for all Beamer distributors across the country to provide you with the latest information, training, and current events. It's a live, interactive show where we value your participation. Just hit one on your phone and we'll open your lines so you can ask questions and share information and testimonials. You'll hear from individuals who are experiencing amazing results in their business and with the use of their Beamer. But remember, this information of Beamer technology is not designed to diagnose, treat, or cure any disease or ailment. These testimonials have not been evaluated or reviewed by the FDA. This call is for education only, and no medical or income claims are intended. This call is not put on by Beamer USA. It's just us, a group of independent Beamer distributors all helping one another. So grab a pen and paper, listen carefully, and get ready to learn and share. Stay tuned. The show is about to begin. Hello, and welcome, everyone, to Beamer Blog Talk Radio. I'm Rainy Hale, and this is Horse Thursday. Um, today is Thursday, July 14th. Um, we've got a really special show for you today. And before we get started, I just wanted to do a quick reminder for those of you who are looking for our um, usage call. We bumped that a week, so that will be next week um, to fit in our very special guest we have today. And I know you're all going to be super excited to, to hear from her. So um, let's get to it. I um, Before we get to it, before I say hi to Cindy, I just want to let you know we're probably not going to take any live calls today. There's just not going to be time. We relied on you guys using the Facebook page to get us your questions so that we can ask. Um, and in, in an effort to get to as many things as we can today, we're probably we're not going to take any live questions. Um, we're going to try to get through the, the ones that we know you all have, um, have asked us in the past and really want answers to. So good morning, Cindy. How are you? Good morning, Rainy, and uh, I'm happy to be here. I think it's an important topic, and um, so we really want to encourage people to, to share the recording once we get this posted later today. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a really valuable one to have in our in our arsenal for, for our team. Um, and so with, without further ado, um, we're going to talk about co- compliance today. Um, we're going to do a Q&A with our um, Beamer Compliance Manager, Michelle Lautner. Um, welcome, Michelle. Thanks so much for coming on. Hi, Rainy. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for having me. So why don't we just start with um, just a little background, well, like your just general background in compliance and then and then specifically how you use that um, in the field for Beamer to help us with our businesses. So let's start with that. All right. So I have been in network marketing direct sales um, for a long time, almost 20 years. I started in the compliance portion of it in 2004. So I've worked with a variety of products, dietary supplements, weight loss products, jewelry products, energy drinks, um, cosmetics, CBD products, and then most recently, of course, now Beamer, so a medical device. Um, I have a lot of experience working with both the FTC um, regarding advertising and marketing, and as well as the FDA with um, audits involving safety and efficacy. So all of that experience kind of plays into my role at Beamer because obviously we have, you know, a class two cleared medical device, so the FDA is, is heavily involved there. And then the FTC, you know, they manage all of, or they, they monitor, I should say, all of the advertising and marketing for companies. So they play a, a, a significant role as well. So FTC right. being federal, right? So people know. Oh, it. yes, Federal Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration. So just to give us a little bit of a context, Michelle, um, uh, how many people or how many IBDs have signed up for horse shows and expos? this year as compared to what we saw last year? Just Has there been a change in volume because there's such a big focus on the Beamer horse set? Yeah, that's a good question. So I will start with 2020, actually. Since COVID hit in 2020, we had about 677 shows and expositions that were booked. In 2021, it jumped up to 800. And now in 2022, as of June 30th, 
we already have 820 shows booked. So I anticipate by the end of 2022, we'll just about have doubled 2021's numbers. So we're definitely seeing a significant increase. So it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of activity. It, yeah, absolutely. And uh, not only a lot of activity, but that means that's all coming through you guys. And so that has prompted, obviously, a kind of a, a clarification or, you know, a reorganization of the, the policies and procedures. So to kind of streamline that, I assume, because you guys are so overwhelmed with, with you know, who and when and how and why and <laughs> what order yeah. and things like that. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that's kind of what has prompted these, these changes. Do you want to talk about kind of why you guys decided to do this and, and what those are? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So what prompted the change is the fact that we have so many distributors out there that are participating in so many events. And oftentimes when a distributor participates in an event, that event organizer will invite that distributor back to participate in their event. So we were running into challenges because we had distributors who wanted to book events with us you know, and get them on our books, you know, sometimes 12 or 18 months in advance. And from a compliance perspective, we don't know that that organizer already has somebody in mind to work with. So we switched the process around in which you reserve an expo. And it's, it's simply that you'll register with the organizer first. So you'll register with the expo organizer first. And then you'll come to us and you'll still complete that trade show and expo form that's in your back office. So it's really a simple change. And, you know, we just reversed the process. It's, it's still and, and that simple. was, that was, I was going to say that, that kind of helps with the who did what to who first. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Basically it, we're, we're taking the, we're taking the micromanagement out of it from our side and we're allowing the distributors to work with the event organizers, and that organizer is going to be the one who determines who is going to participate in their event, which they're already doing. You know, they're the ones who are putting out the money for it. They're the ones who decide how many vendors they want and where the booths are going to be set up and, and all of that good stuff. So, so they pretty much have control already. So our, our, our micromanaging was just kind of an extra layer, and it was causing some challenges. Yeah. So, Michelle, how, how does that help with, or how does that kind of allow newer people that come in and say, well, I want to do this too now, but, um, you know, I'm kind of precluded, you know, I can't get into that show. Is that, I mean, I know we have, we'll, you can maybe answer that later when we, because uh, I think we have a question specific about that. But, um <laughs> We, no, we can address it now. Basically, what, what happens in that case is, you know, as soon as somebody, as soon as registration opens for an event, a distributor can approach that organizer or whatever the process is, if it's a matter of going online and filling out a registration form or submitting payment, you know, I don't know, there's, there's thousands of trade shows and expositions, and I don't know what the processes are for registration for all of those. But basically, it's a you know anyone who hustles can can register for that event, and ultimately, again, it's going to be up to the organizer who participates. Okay. Well, so since Beamer doesn't have a relationship with the event organizers more, um, or, or really, there wasn't one to begin with much. So how how do you deal with if you have let's hypothetically say you, you have multiple distributors that approach an organizer and some of them or maybe all of them whatever that they have some either a unprofessional or aggressive behavior that creates you know an impact on Beamer's reputation or brand in the field because of the behavior of these people what is, is there a role for compliance there well, the organizer is going to accept who they want at their events. So, and we have had organizers who have come to us and said, I do not want person A at my event any longer. We've actually had people who have been banned from events before because of their behaviors. So, again, that's going to be um, an organizer's decision. 
but from Beamer's perspective and from a compliance perspective, you know, every distributor that's out there is still expected to act professionally, courteously, respectfully, ethically. And if they're not and we hear about it, yeah, there, there are going to be some consequences. There's going to be a warning letter. Um, if the behavior continues, there can be a termination. People may just be banned from attending events, which we've done in the past. So, so there's a variety of, of actions that we can take and have taken. So kind of along uh, along those lines, um, you were saying, you know, a vendor can have whoever they want, obviously. Um, we're not controlling yep. that. But what if they're going to uh, – what if they don't care how many Beamer distributors are at an event? What if they they allow four? Is is Beamer going to allow four or – Yeah, we are. And the reason for that okay. is because some of these okay. – there are some very large events. There's some home shows that have hundreds yeah. of thousands of people that pass pass through. And, you know, we've discussed this with the executive team and with the with the RDs and the NDs. And, you know, the more exposure that we have with Beamer, the better. And the bottom line is, you know, when a, when a prospect connects with a distributor, that's going to be the person that they're going to go back to and most likely purchase from. You know, so it's just like, you know, personalities. You know, I, I'm going to buy a car from the car dealer, from a person that I that I like, that I click with, as opposed to somebody who, to me, is maybe overly pushy or aggressive, and I may just walk away from that person. So, you know, it's just different different distributors, different IBDs sell in, in a different manner. And, you know, we want, if, if, a, if an organization wants to have two or three or four booths at different locations, then we, we're going to allow that as well. Um, Cindy, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right back in here really quick because I have something that kind of kind of related. And um, I mean, just to put my own two cents in it, this is where it becomes um, distributors' responsibility to to work with each other and not create a hostile environment. Um, uh, you know, in the in the because you know in the event because it's not going to work out well for your business. It's not going to work out well for your future booking of that event. So just to throw my two cents in there. Um, but along with that. Um, what happens if if there is an IBD that has a booth um, there that didn't register with you? So we've got you know two two people at the booth and the and the and the event was fine with that, but they did, only one of them registered with Beamer. What do you what do you do about that? What happened before? And they'll get a warning letter. Um, you know, if it happens more than twice, we we may be looking at a termination. Um, generally, it's We've had that happen with newer IBDs who aren't aware of what the process is. Um, it, it doesn't happen too often that somebody has a booth in an event that they didn't register for, but once in a while it does happen. And generally, again, if it's somebody new, we may contact them and say, hey, just a reminder, this is our process. But if it's continuously happening and they're thinking they're kind of getting one by on us, then, um, yeah, we'll definitely address that. And if it continues happening, again, we can ban them. From, from attending and attending Beamer. Okay, Great. so yeah, kind of expanding on that or continuing on that a little bit. Um, if if you've got one IBD who's you know followed all the rules and they've paid for the booth and registered and and Beamer knows about it, um, but there's other people perhaps they don't have a booth but. Um, you know, they're either providing sessions to their established clients, which we've said is okay, and we recommend that they tell the person who has the booth that that's what they're doing. But then sometimes you have people who come on and do sessions for their clients, and then also they're soliciting new business. Um, maybe sometimes those people are competitors. And so, you know, they're, they're already there at the show, um, and they're using their own Beamer, but then they're, you know, and they're offering or soliciting people um, again. And so they don't have a booth, but they're still working the show, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So if a non-registered distributor is maliciously disrupting an event, we, we will definitely take appropriate action, and, and that starts with a warning letter. Um, honestly, this is one of the reasons why we're no longer guaranteeing exclusivity at events because we've had such an increase in equine events and we have so many equine IBDs that have customers and clients at events. So, you know, if they're giving a, if they're giving a session to one of their clients and somebody approaches them and wants to know about Beamer, 
we don't want to prohibit them from talking to that person, handing out a business card, providing information if somebody asks for it. Um, but we also don't want them walking around the event handing out flyers and brochures. So it just depends on kind of the context of how it's occurring. So I will say, though, that the IBDs who are paying for booths will need to determine if they want to continue reserving booths in the future or if it's more beneficial for them to, you know, work with their clients and work off of, like, a referral system. You know, I know that a lot of people, a lot of these events have barns that people walk around in. So, you know, it's going to be kind of a, a learning process along the way to determine is it still beneficial to have an actual group or is it more beneficial to, you know, walk around and, and make the connections and work with the clients? Great. All right. And so now I'm going to move a little bit to, like, to you know, we have gone, we've done all the right things. We've booked our event with both the eventer and for, for Beamer. And now these people are at the show. Um, mm-hmm. And now what are some of kind of the, I know there's a lot of rules and, and things that we need to follow once we're at the show. Um, things that come up, things that were questions were, can we offer t- to pay for um, somebody's IBD fee if they sign up? Can we give gifts away? Um, can we can we advertise, you know, an incentive of some sort of, like, if you buy one from me, you get a free fill-in-the-blank. Mm-hmm. You know what are what are kind of the rules as far as as far as that when we're at things like shows or even you know social media. So an IBD offering a discount on the the product itself, those people are going to be subject to disciplinary actions, and if it's a common occurrence, we will terminate them. Um, the policy specifically address the pricing requirements throughout the policies. It's actually mentioned a few different times. So can you can a distributor pay for someone else's um, IBD fee? You know, that's not really a compliance issue. It's not something that we get involved with. If you as an upline leader want to pay for your downline member's annual fee, that's entirely up to you. We're not going to get involved in that. Um, can you give an on-site gift? Again, it's not really something that we monitor. Um, you know, we have addressed this in the past, and we've said if you want to give somebody a thank you gift card or you want to give somebody a backpack, you know, that's between you and your prospect. It's not really something we're going to get involved in. But you shouldn't have to feel that you have to provide a gift to get someone to buy from you. If you have to provide a gift to get somebody to persuade somebody to purchase a Beamer, um, you know, there there might be an issue with that. It's probably not something you want to get into a habit of doing. Um, you asked about advertising, like advertising a promotion, and, and I would say that's yeah. a no. Um, advertising a promotion that's not in alignment with, with a corporate promotion violates Beamer's policies. So, you know, there can't be any sort of a special enticement advertised. Like, you know, you can't put an ad out that says, hey, if you purchase a Beamer from me, I will throw in a free, you know, set of cuffs, or I will throw in a free... So, so it's the advertising part that becomes an issue. So, um, again, if somebody wants to, you know, you want to give somebody a $50 thank you card so it's because they purchased from you, that's between you and them. But if you're advertising some sort of a promotion, that's the issue. Perfect. Yeah, that's what, that's what a really good clarification. Said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Cindy. Also, I emphasize to say, Advertising is before the fact. It's you're you're you know you're providing an incentive that's really not a level playing field. But a thank you gift is after the fact. The sale's been made. Um, can I just ask a little bit more on in terms of the IBD issue because this was one that came up on my team recently. But it was that you know my IBD was working with somebody, and then another person. You know, another IBD started started talking to that prospect because it's a small world, and she ended up going with the um, with the second party because the second party said, "Oh, well, great! You know, you can sign up to be a distributor, and I'll pay for your fee." And and my my distributor was going, "What? What just happened?" So yeah, I mean, it's again. kind of. If something like that's going on and it's intentional and it's deceptive, I would say let us know. Um, you know, it's hard to prove something like that unless we receive an email or text message or documentation that, that shows 
shows that this occurred. And that's sometimes what, what it's hard to understand is oftentimes people want us to protect them based on hearsay, and that's not something we can do. You know, when we're looking at, at warning somebody, suspending somebody, terminating something, somebody, we're not going to do that unless we have actual proof that a violation has occurred. But if we get proof, you can be, you know, rest assured, we absolutely do take action on those. Okay. Then here's an, all right, that's, you know, I know at, uh, at the recent um, um, Land Rover where corporate was involved, they did a show special where they offered, you know, either the carrying cases or the scrim sheets as part of the special for that show. Is that something that, that IBDs can do as well, or is that just, was that unique to Beamer Corporate in that particular show? What do we tell people about that? Well, if you purchase a bunch of scrim sheets and you want to give those away to people who purchase an equine unit, that's, again, that's up to you. It's not really something that we get involved in. Okay, but it was, but if it was advertised like, buy a Beamer and get this at, at the booth itself. Well, again, you know, we're, we say no advertising, you know, no advertising of, of promotions. That, I mean, the, the uh, event, that was a corporate event, and so those were corporate giveaways. So that's why that was promoted and that's what, the way it was set up. That was intentional on corporate's part. But, again, a, a distributor can't advertise a promotion that's not ongoing currently with corporate. Okay, that's an important differentiation, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that advertising, the you know, the making, the telling people before they buy it, is, is the biggest distinction. I think that's yep. the that should be the most helpful for people going forward. You can't tell, and, and like Cindy said, it's the head ahead of time. You can't tell people ahead of time what you're going to give them for free, but you can give it afterwards of like, you bought this soak. Oh, today, you know, because at this event, because you bought this, I'm giving these away. Um, so I think that is that important distinction that before or after and the, and the advertising part are, are good distinctions to help people moving forward kind of clarify for themselves. Yeah, and we're also going to look at the intent behind it. You know, if somebody intentionally yeah. to try to steal business from others, are they being ethical or are they, you know, being intentionally unethical in, in, stealing people from, you know, prospects from other people. So we do look at that type of stuff. Yes, I mean, that's, yeah, that's we, an important part, too. Thank you. Yeah. Go ahead, Cindy. We always say to people, you know, the first thing you want to do is to ask somebody, are you working with someone else? And, uh-huh. you know, you can't tell what the, what the customer's going to say. They don't, they're not always up front, but, um, you know, it really depends on the circumstances, as you said, whether mm-hmm. or not if an IBD says, you know, are you working with somebody else? And they say, oh, yeah, you know, my neighbor's a distributor, blah, 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 blah. Then, you know, we want that IBD to say, okay, well, you want to, you know, I can answer your questions, but you want to go back and deal with that person. And, and, and I think that's, that's a missing link in a lot of these, these uh, problems that come up. Yeah, I agree. So, let, let's switch a little bit more into the social media because that's another area where, we, you know, um, there's a lot of um, ambiguity <laughs> in people's minds. So mm-hmm. there's been, you know, a lot of talk about different raffles. And could you just in general talk about what's not allowed and what might be okay? Like, for example, somebody said, well, can we donate a Beamer to a charity and then that that charity raffles the Beamer off? Um, so could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So raffles, giveaways, and other prize-type contests are considered lotteries if money is being collected and a prize is being given. So lotteries are heavily regulated by federal, state, and local laws, as well as online platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, you know, they're all going to have their own rules. Um, every state has different laws. And when you're operating a lottery on social media, you're crossing into several different states. And, again, every state's going to have a different law. And this is why we prohibit these types of activities. 
because unless the person or organization has a legal license to operate a lottery within their state, they are subject to to legal action. So, and and um, you know your government authorities, federal and state level, they do look at these. And you know the last thing that we want them to do is is approach a Beamer distributor and and you know have an issue with that. So, um, so yeah, again, they're they're heavily regulated. As far as donating a unit to an organization, um, if you want to, if someone wants to donate an organize, organ, uh, unit to a nonprofit organization, and that nonprofit organization has a license to run a legal contest, that's perfectly fine. Um, what I would question, though, is you know how are you going to man manage the training of that device? Um, and also, you're still responsible for traceability because, you know, there has to be the warranty transfer and that all has to be documented. So, you know, it, it can be done, absolutely. You know, we just want to make sure that the person who, who winds up owning that unit is still going to be properly trained on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, guys that's noticed, you may have noticed, you know, we, we had a... For, Several months there earlier this year, we had a lot of people operating raffles and giveaways on Facebook, and we've we've um, kind of pretty much put an end to that. Um, anybody that we find running one currently, they will be they will be receiving a, a compliance letter. Okay, great. So so that kind of leads us into the next one, and, and maybe some of the things that you said. Um, um, apply to this as far as what, what's happening afterwards and are these people being trained? So what are, what are the rules around um, selling used Beamers, um, you know, through, through things like Craigslist or Facebook or, you know, mm -hmm. local markets, things like that? Because um, then, you know, obviously the things you were just talking about come into play as well. Right, right. So it's not illegal to sell a used Beamer. And that doesn't mean that we want a bunch of people to run out and post their used Beamers for sale. The issue is how people are trying to sell them. Are you using a national platform such as a, a Facebook page? Because that's where we run into the issues. We have policies around national advertising. So if you have a used Beamer to sell and it truly is a used Beamer, you know, maybe it's an, an older version, um, maybe it's five years old and you're just looking to upgrade, you can sell it, but you can't sell it on Facebook Marketplace or eBay because, again, those are considered national. We have discussed this with distributors who have, you know, units to sell, and we always tell them to reach out to their mentors and their uplines. Sometimes they're interested in purchasing a unit, maybe for rentals, maybe for demos. Um, but if somebody really does want to sell a unit, we suggest they do it on a local platform, such as maybe like a, a Nextdoor app or a Craigslist app where it's more specific to their location. We do watch for the trends, and if we see somebody continuously selling used Beamers, um, that IBD is going to be probably receiving a letter from us. You know, I was mentioning earlier, we, re we had a distributor who was uh, continuously selling slightly used units, and what he was doing was purchasing units, you know, using them for a couple weeks or a month and then selling it. Um, so basically, it was still a new unit, and you'll notice, I think it was on a, within a certain group, and, and that person is no longer doing that because we did address that issue. So when we see that type of stuff, we do address it. it you know, um, not to be contrary here, Michelle, but what, what I understand um, is that um, Facebook Marketplace is a lot more like Craigslist because it's local, it's not national for marketplace. So maybe that's something we need to look into or, or that you could check. Well, Facebook is a national platform. So yes, I believe you can set your settings to within a specific mile range. I think it may be up to, I mean, I can easily look up something in Florida and I'm in Arizona. I just have to plug in, you know, where I want to look. So. Um, Again, we want to avoid anything like a Facebook Marketplace and eBay. Um, Amazon no longer allows uh, our distributors to, to sell on there because we have um, we have an agreement with Amazon. So, um, but again, it's it's we want to you know if you're going to sell one, do, do it locally first. 
you know, try to sell it within your community, within your town, within your city. And if that doesn't work, you know, like we said, approach your mentors, talk to them, see what, what recommendations they have. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What What about, um, you know, off-label usage? Because uh, we know it happens. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe it's using, uh, using on uh, something other than a horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what about... Um, what about posting on social media a photo of, you know, let's say you have a camel. I don't know. <laughs> right. So any but sort of promotion? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So any promoting of off-label usage on social media or any online platform is a policy violation, and that can put the entire company at risk. Um, both the Federal Trade Commission and the Food and Drug Administration have entire departments dedicated to monitoring social media. So when we see when we see people posting pictures of, you know, their dogs, their cats, their birds, their lizards, we address those because you're you're putting in jeopardy our our registration with the FDA essentially. Um IBD's promoting any off-label use are guaranteed to receive a compliance warning. Um, fairly quickly, as soon as we see that that post, we're gonna we're gonna be sending you a letter. Now, what I tell people is, you know, how you use it in the privacy of your own home. That's entirely up to you. You know, I I know I have two dogs, and my dogs love sleeping next to me when I'm on the beamer, or sleeping with me on the beamer. And um, you know, they or when I'm when I'm going to sleep, when I'm sitting in my chair, whatever the case is, you know, they like being close to it, and that's fine. But the issue is taking the picture and posting it on social media. That's where we run into the challenges. Okay, that helps. That's clear. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) perfect. Well, and and going on to that kind of taking that a little bit of a step further, I mean, we obviously know that we talk about using the horse set and we talk about using the beam ourselves and we talk about these both on the human side, you know, we'll reference horse, you know, using it on our horses. And when we're on the horse site, we'll talk about, you know, using our horse one, but then I also can't live without it. What are, what are the kind of rules about talking about the horse set at the same time as the human set? As long as you're designating that you're not using the, the horse set on a human. You know, so you can talk about both units in a, in a, in a post. That's perfectly fine. As long as what you're saying is compliant you know, if you're talking about using the beamer on yourself, and you know, it must be clear that there's, you know, a, a human unit and a horse unit. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we just need to make sure that you're you're not going to say I use this on my horse and then I put it on me. <laughs> right. You you want to say that your horse is getting their session and you're sitting next to them on the human unit on your session or something. Right. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So, what about? Uh, doing uh, Facebook Live, uh, you know, videos kind of showing our horses getting Beamer or it could be our clients' horses getting Beamer and having someone uh, narrate what's going on. It could be the distributor. It could be the owner. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Again, as long as it, as long as we're not talking about, you know, curing any diseases or any ailments, um doing a Facebook Live and, and using, you know, compliant language and, and showing what's going on with the unit being placed on the horse. And absolutely, that's fine. Perfect. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's the same, same kind of thing going forward as far as posting things um, live on, on Facebook. Can we post? What what are links that we can post as far as, like, recorded presentations and, and personal use, you know, and, and can we put this on our business page or and or our personal page or what are the requirements or the regulations on that? Oh, that's a great question. So before I respond to this, let me just let everybody know that there is a, a social media training that's occurring tonight at uh, 5 p.m. Pacific time and it's open to everybody. So the link is available in the calendar in your BBO and I would definitely encourage anybody who's interested in social media to jump on that training call. But as far as the content, um, content that's shared on the public corporate pages can absolutely be shared to your personal pages and your business pages. 
Um, again, that's approved. It's good to go. And that's the safest content to, to we always tell people, you know, like, share, and comment on those. Um, content that's IBD specific, so if it's something that is um, corporate's putting out or corporate sends an email or a newsletter or something out that's specific to IBDs, we don't want that shared on public pages. Um, you know, this might include things like, you know, something on the comp plan or bonuses or sales promotions, but really anything that corporate puts out can be shared. And if somebody wants to put their own content out, we do ask that you submit it to us for review and approval if you're not sure. If it's, you know, simply an image um, or a, um, again, like a video of just your horse using Beamer, that's perfectly fine. Great. Yeah, so it's, okay. it's, it's more, I mean, you guys have done a lot of work to, to create all these, you know, usable um, things that we can just copy and paste. So please take advantage of those, everyone. It's just easier for everyone, too. So then you know you're, and then you know you're compliant. Yeah, there's a huge library in the back office in the sales yeah. and marketing system and tons and tons of assets for you guys. Okay, what about when um, in the kind of like the titles or the profiles on, for example, Facebook or um, per either a personal Facebook page or a business Facebook page that I run and to say, can I say something like, you know, I know I have to say independent Beamer distributor, but can I say something like um, independent Beamer distributor serving, you know, uh, I'll use my example of serving Idaho and the adjacent states. Can I say that? Yes, you can state you can state where you are and, and what areas that you're servicing. Um, the thing that I would question though is, you know, when you're doing that, are you limiting your visibility? Because if you're living in, you know, California and somebody wants to refer someone to you and that person lives in Florida, if that Florida person looks at, at your title and says that you only service these certain areas, they might kind of wonder about that. Um, but it's not it's not prohibited. It's not a compliance issue. Now, if somebody claims to be the Beamer distributor for a specific state or region, we do have an issue with that because, you know, no nobody is guaranteed any specific location, area, region. Um, so we do want to avoid that. But, um, but yeah, that's so, so A distributor, not B distributor. <laughs> right. You can be, yeah, exactly. You're A distributor. You're not the, you know, we've had people say, you know, I'm the, I'm the representative for this location. And we do address that. And we say, no, you're not the, <laughs> you're A. Yeah. Yeah. You're a distributor <laughs> in that location. Okay. Does, does that, and I may be getting confused, but I'm thinking that if, if, Using this example, if I have my um, Facebook name or page, um, I think the policies and procedures made me think that you cannot do that. So, um, Are you talking see, about uh, the using independent Beamer distributor? Yeah. So we, we never want to see Beamer used in anybody else's URL. So that's where that's what we prohibit. Beamer is a registered trademark and can't be used in someone else's URL. But when you put your name on your, your Facebook page or your Instagram page, you can say, you know, like I would say Michelle Lautner, independent Beamer distributor. That's the name of my page. That's not part of my URL. And that does get a little bit confusing because every different platform has a different way of setting up the URL that links to your page. So again, it's, it's not something that I can really get into on this call, but it's definitely something that is being covered on the social media training call this afternoon. So that might be a helpful um, training for people to jump on. And once that training is completed, it'll be available in the back office as well so people can review that. But yeah, it's, it's using Beamer in the actual URL that is the policy violation. Okay, great. And you know, I, the those um, those social media trainings are important. I think if anyone who has questions about um, what they can and can't do, it, it's it's up to you to to research that and figure it out what you what you can and can't do. Um, and so these social media trainings are a great resource for that. So so thank you so much. 
<clears throat> All right, let's let's move on to just some kind of other general things that we've because you know social media can be a hole we can get stuck in for for a while. But let's yeah. kind of move on to um, just kind of some other things that people have asked us that we're just maybe want to be able to share with with everyone of how you guys kind of issues that that come up. So. Um, do you have suggested ways of people that are of what IBDs, how they should maybe talk to each other or where they should start? I mean, I, I assume that you guys are, you know, we're hoping that you can IBDs start by talking to each other. And then when that doesn't work, then it needs to be taken to, you know, a, a higher, a higher power. Um, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about, you know, how you, how you would like us to start these kind of processes? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, lots of times there's there's these little conflicts that occur, I would say primarily on social media is what we see a lot of. And then we also see a lot of it at events and expos, trade shows. So we we definitely want people to talk to each other first. Um, we want you to, you know, talk to, to your counterparts, talk to your mentors if, if you need help from them. Um, you know, not every issue has to be reported to compliance because one thing that we can't do we can't, you know, we can't discipline somebody because of their personality. You know, somebody operates or, or, or processes their business, works their business in a different manner than you, things like that. Those aren't things that are going to be, that should be reported to compliance. So we definitely encourage people to, to talk and try to work things out themselves. You know, we, every person that joins Beamer, you know, it, it's every person's job to to support, protect, defend the integrity of the Beamer business opportunity. So having conversations with fellow distributors is part of the business, is part of the process. You know, it, we are a very small team of two people in compliance. So, you know, we really can't be the only ones who are doing this. We, we rely on everybody and we ask for everybody's help in doing this. But with that being said, you know, we, we don't want IBD to engage in conflict um, you know, we don't want somebody to be confrontational, um, but sometimes just a kind, simple reminder of the right and wrong or do do this and not this is better received than a formal warning letter or a formal compliance letter. So, so sometimes it's just helpful. You know, sometimes people just, especially newer distributors, sometimes they just don't understand everything. So sometimes a little guidance goes a long way. Yeah, sometimes they're not very receptive to being told either. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, it's all of how you present it. But it, it can be kind of a slippery slope that I know a lot of people have been frustrated with because, you know, they're trying to do the right thing and the person doesn't want to hear it. So, um, yeah. you know, and that's a big science. But what what kinds of things should we be reporting and what things not? Um and I'll give you an example. If, if, you know, a lot of what we see is usage that goes on for way too long. And we have recommended usage guidelines, um, of, you know, for the horse blanket and, and the cuffs. And we see people out there promoting usage, let's just say, for example, for 60 minutes. And that, you know, undermines our, you know, part of our whole uh, unique uh, characteristics that make Beamer so advantageous over other products even. But um, when when you see people, for example, using it in that doesn't follow our recommended guidelines, does that get into a compliance area? No, it actually doesn't. And, and the key word you use there, Cindy, is guidelines. Beamer provides guidelines for the equine usage and we have, you know, some, some equine professionals who can provide guidance on that. But there's no specific rule or law that says you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way. Um, and we've, we've actually looked into that. You know, we, you know when you look at the, the manual and stuff, um, it's kind of suggestive. So really it becomes a training issue. You know, we want people to be trained properly and we rely on the, the professionals and the, the leaders to do that. It's not something that compliance gets involved in, unless it's something that is blatantly wrong. You know, if and we have had this with the with the human unit, um, where somebody was, you know, putting somebody on a on a um, level ten, 
and causing people to get ill. So that yep. was an issue, and we did address that because they're putting people at risk. Um, so if it was something blatant like that with the horses, then I would definitely say, you know, at least report it to us if you feel you need to. Not necessarily a compliance issue, but it might just be a training issue where I can reach out or we can reach out to the upline leader and say, hey, we heard this person is doing this. You might want to touch base with them. But again, it's, it's a training issue. Well, it can be very comparable to the example that you gave with human units. The same thing happens. We see this happen with horses, too. And we can see, for example, you know, overusage creates a, a health issue because the horse uh, can go into a detox or can have some other adverse effects on that. And then it looks like it's, you know, it's a problem Beamer created, but it was operator area. So just, you know, you might not have seen them, but just please be aware that, that you can compromise the horse's health by overuse as well. So, um, there, you know, if those are things that we can report those to you with as many facts as possible, and maybe that's something that you could go over is to say, like you said, you can't deal with hearsay. So, what is it that you would need if if uh, if I saw somebody, you know, doing something like that um, on usage? Um, what would I report to you, and how would I do that? Well, first of all, if you saw somebody doing that, my suggestion would be for you to to kind of address that with them initially. Um, yeah. But really, I mean, you can report what what details you have to us. Um, but again, keep in mind, we're a small team of two. Our primary focus is making sure that we don't get into regulatory trouble. So, mm -hmm. you know, chances are I'm going to I'm going to reach out to the RD and I'm going to I'm going to let them know what's going on, and then they'll have to address an, an issue like that. Because again, that's a training issue, not necessarily a compliance, you know, policies and procedures issue. Yeah, it puts the company at risk, though, for both reputation-wise and, you know, legally uh, in terms of horse health. So, yeah. It's putting the decision at risk if they're, if they're improperly using it on a horse as well because the owner of that horse can very easily turn around and take action against that distributor right. if they've done something that negatively affects their horse. So, I mean, it's, again, yep. like, it's, it's, it's not really a policy issue, but it is a training issue, and it's, you know, something that, we can definitely reach out to leaders about to see if you know we they can provide a bit more training or, or guidance to the person. And so, what kinds of things would we not report to you? Are you seeing things that you're saying that you know that you shouldn't get? Yeah, we do. Um, first of all, things like that we do want you to report, unauthorized product claims, income claims. If you see somebody talking about making a million dollars, you know, without doing any work, we want to know about that. Non-compliant testimonials, off-label off use. Those are things we definitely want you to report. If you're online and you see that somebody is selling a, an old unit, a Beamer 3000, you know, we don't need to know about that because there's nothing we can do about that. You know, if somebody parked their vehicle at an event and it has a Beamer sticker on it and you're the representative, representative of Beamer at that event, you know, we don't need to know about that. People can do that. Um, if somebody posts something you don't like on your personal page, you know, delete it and block them, you know, we don't need to know about that unless it, it becomes an, an ethics issue. You know, if there's some sort of threatening language or, you know, verbal abuse, something like that, obviously we want to know. Um, we have had people at events who have, talked, who have said, you know, somebody threatened me physically. Report that to the police first and foremost. Don't report that to compliance first because <laughs> there's nothing we can do initially <laughs> to protect you. We want to make sure that our distributors are safe first and foremost. And then after there's been an issue, then that would be reported to us. So, you know, it's just a matter of, um, you know, there's some issues that can be resolved by simply blocking somebody, by simply walking away, um, things like that. But obviously, if there's if there's a bigger issue, somebody feels threatened, somebody, you know, is intentionally causing harm or, you know, intentionally posting noncompliant content, things like that, we definitely want reported. Um, 
Okay, you, you mentioned safety, and so, you know, that's something that we really try and focus on in our education, uh, particularly for people who are not familiar with horses. They're large animals, as you know, and um, they have their own mind, and, and uh, they're going to react to their environment. And if you have, you know, there can be some definite safety risks, if you will, of someone who is not familiar with horses, uh, you know, putting on the horse set, the blanket and or the cup, is that, again, when people are doing that and they have an adverse reaction or there's some, you know, safety issues, is that anything for compliance involvement or not? No, not really. Again, it's, if it's something that gets reported to us, I'm, I'm going to reach out to the upline leaders. Um, but again, it's more of a training issue than a compliance issue. You know, we're looking at policies and procedures and, you know, how somebody is doing that because we don't have specific rules on that. Um, again, it's not something that, that we would take any sort of action on, short of, of, you know, referring it back to, like I said, the upline leaders. Okay, so, so rainy, just just to kind of clarify, yeah, I was just going to say just to clarify real quick before I want to move on to the like the you know one of the last things we want to talk about because I know we're running out of time here, but so really if it has to do with usage because there are no set rules on how to use Beamer, that's not a compliance issue unless it goes into something like social media or advertising or something like that. Am I understanding that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. What? Well, okay. Okay, I thought I understood that the you know if there was. Uh, you know, an adverse reaction created by the usage, uh, you know, interpretation that that might be a compliance issue. Adverse reactions would be reported to the MEC department. They're the ones who address those issues and manage those issues because those do involve the FDA. There are certain instances that we are required, as a company, we are required by law to report to the FDA and adverse right then fall into that category. Um, but again, you know, just great usage is, is not going to be something that really compliance is going to deal with. Okay, yeah, I think that's an important distinction because we, 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 mm -hmm. we kind of group those together, but really it's maybe a different department that really should be involved in something like that. So, okay, so finally, this is a question we get a lot because um, – I shouldn't say unfortunately, but it's probably, I mean, it's the way things have to be done, but we don't always get to see um, everything that you guys do to to kind of control all this. So what, um, and, and, and rightly so, I mean, we sh it shouldn't be, a, you know, a public display of how this person got punished for, for doing something that they shouldn't do, but, but what are some of the types of actions that you guys do, and, and really, you know, more recently that you have done um, for these compliance violations? on the horse set specifically. Yeah, so there's there's no difference in how we handle disciplinary issues for those selling the horse units or the human units. Um, okay. You know, over the last two years, we've had significantly more challenges with the equine segment than with the human segment, and I think that's because the activity with equine has picked up so much. But um, mm -hmm. you know, we, like I was mentioning earlier, you know, we had somebody who was continuously posting slightly used beamers on certain Facebook groups you'll notice that person is no longer selling those units. Um, that's because that issue was addressed. You know, you'll notice that there's a lot less raffles occurring on social media. And again, that's because those issues have been addressed. Now, a lot of times, you know, people, they say, well, I heard this, or I, you know, somebody told me this. And again, we can't take action on hearsay. We take action on, on proof and evidence. You know, that's what we need in order to take action and again, Beamer has a two, you know, two strikes and then you're out. So usually what happens, and I'm, we're very lucky in that we don't have to terminate a lot of people, but we're very lucky in that usually once we address an issue with somebody, once, you know, they get that warning letter, if it happens again, they're going to get a pretty stiff second warning letter. And basically at that point they're told, if this continues, if this activity continues, you will be terminated. Generally, people will back off at that point, but again, it's, the, the disciplinary actions that we take are confidential. We're never going to go back to the original person and say, hey, we did this, this, and this to this person. Just as, you know, we, I'm sure, you know, you wouldn't want us telling anybody what actions we took against you 
you know, we don't want to take, you know, we don't want to publicize what actions we're taking against anybody else. But I hear it all the time, you know, compliance isn't doing anything, you know, this keeps happening over and over again. And the bottom line is that nobody really knows what's going on behind the scenes because we don't publicize that. But does that mean then that you actually, that you have terminated some people for lack of compliance behavior? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, we're terminating somebody tomorrow for uh, lack of, uh, you know, continuing to violate after being told numerous times that they are violating. So it's, it's, you know, I have no problem doing it if they're putting the company at risk, if they're putting other distributors' businesses at risk. We absolutely will take action. Yeah, I think that's really Great. important for people, as you say, because it is a privacy issue, but, um, you know, we don't know what's happening. Um, if, in fact, we see somebody doing something that we know is wrong and we report it and we don't see any change in the behavior, is, I mean, that's, that's you where it's it again. Yeah. Yeah, you'll, you would report it again if it's if it's a if it's a second violation, then we address it with a second letter. If it's the same violation and you're just seeing it again, you know that's a little different story because sometimes you know, for instance, if someone posts something on Facebook Marketplace, sometimes it can't be removed immediately. Sometimes it might take two or three days by the time Facebook gets around to removing that post. And I'm just giving that as an example. I don't know that for a fact, but um, you know, so there's certain violations where, you know, we address it and it takes seven to ten days to get content removed from certain locations. So, But if it's something that's occurring over and over again, then, yeah, that's going to escalate. Absolutely. Well, good. Okay. Well, we are just about out of time. It's going to cut us off pretty soon. I think we sit in quite a bit, and we got a lot of questions answered that I know you all have. And I, I really thank you so much, Michelle, for taking the time to be on here with us and, and answering our questions, because I know these are questions that we get a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot on Facebook and, and, and hearing it straight from you and straight, you know, from, you know, this is the way that corporate has, you know, these are the rules that corporate has made, I think is really important for all of us to, to get that clarification. So we really, really appreciate you taking the time to be on, and, and we might have to have you back. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to come back anytime. Are there some, uh, you know, uh, uh, 60 seconds of final thoughts of you saying, okay, I've got an audience, this is what I always wanted to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Here's what I'll say in, in closing. So compliance has two main functions. Our functions are education and protection. So our first goal is to train distributors on proper behavior, you know, how to market, you know, the product and the income opportunity to, to make sure that you're doing it properly and keeping us off the regulatory, you know, out of their sight. So when the sales force is trained properly and educated properly, it leads to good behavior in the field. And that leads to hopefully fewer complaints and better longevity for the company. Um, secondly, when, when those efforts fail and our distributors do kind of go off the rails and violate policies, that's when we have to levy the penalties and, and protect the company from legal trouble. So that's when we start looking at the suspensions and the terminations. So, you know, like I said, we're, we're very lucky here with Beamer. You know, we don't have a lot of terminations, but they do occur. Be assured that they do occur when, when necessary. And, you know, that's, that's my two cents. <laughs> thank you. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. And I know we're, we're going to lose it here in just a few minutes. It's going to cut us off, but um, Cindy, any, any final words from you before we end for the week? Um, I, I think it, particularly if you're coming to the uh, Academy next week, uh, on Monday, mm -hmm. the next, the second Equine Academy. Um, I'm going to encourage you to have people that, if you know that um, are also registered, to have them listen to this beforehand. Um, we'll have, you know, it'll up and posted out into the uh, IBD Facebook page very, you know, a little later today. So uh, please use it and then see if there's subsequent questions and if we need to be able to follow up and, and ask Michelle for more details, we'll do that. So um, looking forward Perfect. to our next academy. All right. Yes. And thank you, Michelle. And thank you, Cindy. 
Um, be sure to uh, meet us back here next Thursday, everyone. We're going to do our usage um, call, which is we've learned how different that is. Now we're going to do usage with Dr. Marley Svonk um, next, uh, next Thursday. So please join us then. Thanks, everyone. I hope you have a, such a great week. And thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Today's show was brought to you by an independent group of Beamer distributors who are committed to helping you find success in your business. We're all part of a bigger mission to bring this amazing technology to a market that so desperately needs it. We'll be back again really soon. Until then, here's to your health.